When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I used to think that this was my town. What a stupid thing to think. I hear you biting off a brain down. I myself am on the brain. I used to want to be a real man. Hello, everyone. This is Three Swings with Rhea Butcher. And guess what? I'm that Rhea Butcher. This is a baseball podcast, but it's not super baseball heavy so much so that you can't understand what I'm talking about. (laughs) Welcome to the show. Thanks for listening. Thanks for being here. And thanks for all the great feedback. I'm going to do another round of rosin bag because it's gone so well and baseball season hasn't started yet <laughs> that I've run out of information to talk about and just haven't had enough time to research long form stories. We'll love to do that in the future during the season. But man, I just I've just <laughs> a lot of things to do. Do you ever have that problem when you're like, oh, yeah, I can do it. And then you're like, oh, my God, I can't do this. Why did I say I could do this? I can't do this. But then also at 10 p.m., I totally have time to watch cult documentaries on Netflix. I just need to understand my own brain, my own time, my own time frames a little bit better. Um, We also have a wonderful guest on this episode. Um, Fans of the Forever Dog Network might recognize her from the show Treks in the City. Fans of other things like Silicon Valley might recognize her from that show. Fans of People of Earth might recognize her from that television show, and fans of comedy in general might recognize her from that, and also playing baseball with me for five years. My friend, my colleague, my teammate, Alice Wetterland, is going to be here with a fun conversation about what it's like to play baseball and why she likes it <laughs> or hates it. We'll find out. It's very possible it could be either. Um, one, like, I really try not to talk too much about m- money in baseball because I don't, it doesn't make me happy. <laughs> I know there's a lot of people in sports that are, have all the luxury tax information memorized and all those kinds of things and like, hey, good for you. I, that's not re- what really gets me going, but I t- I try to keep an eye on it because it's, I don't want to be so blissfully unaware of of everything that I don't know anything. But um, recently some tax stuff popped up um, that has like an effect on baseball in a very specific way. And I have a very pedestrian understanding of what it all means, but I do find it very intriguing. Um, and the effects that it will ultimately have on independent baseball which is that they don't even have to play their or pay their players minimum wage is very disheartening and um i'm real concerned and i hope i hope to see teams do the right things i don't know that they will but we'll see um so i'm a little bit worried about that and then that's all i'm going to talk about with money and trades and all that most of the big trades have happened I did notice that Trace Thompson was designated for assignment today. Trace Thompson, the 
minor league and sometimes also major league uh, outfielder in the farm system of the Los Angeles Dodgers, also brother to Clay Thompson of the Golden State Warriors. Uh, Clay Thompson once famously made the mistake of going to see his brother play for the Los Angeles Dodgers in San Francisco while wearing a Los Angeles Dodgers hat, and he definitely heard about that. So, hey, sometimes rivalries, you're just not aware of it. We've talked about that a lot on this show, <laughs> and he really wandered into that one. Um, so, yes, so I'm going to do the Twitter mailbag. I also want to give a shout-out real quick to the Los Angeles radio station, 88.5 KCSN, because they play really great playlists. I was driving the other day, driving home from Santa Monica to my own home, which took me an hour and a half. <laughs> Look it up on a map. It shouldn't take an hour and a half. There's a lot of cars in the city. And I was listening to that radio station, and they actually played Jason Isbell and the 400 Units Hope the High Road, which is the uh, opening theme of this here podcast. They played that song, and then they played Thousand Miles from Nowhere by Dwight Yoakam, and I was just like, what is happening? So shout out to Independent Radio. They are like fully listener supported. If you have a couple bucks to toss their way, do that. I don't have Bluetooth in my car at all. My car is 18 years old, and it has a cassette deck which has a cassette adapter in it, which then has an adapter for my iPhone. <laughs> I think that makes me 200 years old. Um, but sometimes my phone is too dead to listen to music, so I just have to listen to the radio. And that makes me happy because then sometimes I turn on the radio and Sisters with Voices is on, and I never would have listened to Sisters with Voices without the radio. Also, I can just listen to baseball when it's baseball season. So shout out to the concept of radio still sticking around. <laughs> And shout out to 88.5 KCSN. They're not paying me any money to do this. I just like to support other things. Because if you put it out there, then it will come back to you. But also, I'm putting it out there not for it to come back to me. Just because I appreciate it. And I like it. So before we get to the uh, rosin bag, which is coming up in a moment, I did just want to point out uh, an article that came out like moments before I stepped in to record this podcast. So I didn't get to do any research or writing out of it, but I did, did want to let everybody know because I feel like it's pertinent to the listeners interests. Seems like it fits right in there. What everybody's interested in. It's on um, cut Four, which is a, an MLB.com outlet. And it's uh four remarkable women from baseball history that everyone should know about by Chris Landers. And it's just like a wonderful rundown of four women from baseball history. And it's a great reminder that like women have always been in this sport. You know, it's not a new thing. We're not all of a sudden showing up. And when I say we, I mean women, non-binary, everybody in that sort of faction. Um, everybody that people think don't play baseball <laughs> is basically what I mean. Um, and it's it, like easy to forget because the majority of history is written by the majority and we're maybe not the majority. And so sometimes we get forgotten. So it's a nice reminder every now and then. Um, and it's a great write-up of players like Mamie Peanut Johnson, uh, who was a pitcher in uh, the Negro Leagues. Great little story there. And a lot of links, external links to get more information on her. She actually owned her own uh, Negro Leagues memorabilia shop after her career as a nurse ended after she retired from that job, which was her job that she had after playing uh, pitching, right-handed pitcher for the Indianapolis Clowns. 
Um, and then also Edith Houghton, which I'm just going to let you just just read it. I'm not going to I don't want to spoil any of it. And then we've got uh, we move on to Effa Manley. Who. Was married to the establisher of the Brooklyn Eagles of the Negro National League in 1935. Uh, and then they later purchased the semi-pro Newark Dodgers and merged the two facing the club in Newark, New Jersey. So we've got a woman in, in management, which there's kind of always been women in management, and they kind of just get tossed to the side in the memory. Like, a woman started the Mets. Does anybody ever think about that? No. I mean, yes. Because everybody that's like, I think about that every day all the time is mad at me for saying that. But, yeah. The, do we talk about her a lot? No. We should talk about her more. And then we've got Jackie Mitchell, which, one again, I'm going to leave that one for you to discover. Hers is a great story. So check out this article on Cut For, because I think it's wonderful. And again, <laughs> I didn't get a chance to produce a whole segment on it. But I did tell you about it, which is a lot better than tweeting about it. I feel like you maybe wouldn't have noticed it on Twitter. But now you've heard it in your ears. And you'll go look up these people. And you'll find a bunch of new information that you didn't already have. And isn't that a wonderful thing to do with your life? I think so. It's a great use of the internet because it's hard to use the internet well these days. <laughs> so we will be back right after this with another edition of Rosenberg. Ah! I heard enough of the white man's blues. I'm saying enough about myself. So if you're looking for some bad news, you can find it somewhere else. All right, we're back with Rosenberg. This is one of my new I'm gonna ooh, I'm gonna. I'm going to do this segment until you don't want me to do this segment no more. This has been very helpful to get a, a I've really enjoyed doing this segment because it gets me understanding what people want to talk about. Because um, after this episode, I'm going to be on the road. Um, and I hope you all are coming to see me. I'll give you a rundown real quick before we get into the questions. Uh, but having the questions has really helped me form what I'm going to do on the road and then what I'm going to come back and do when I'm back in the studio and not on the road anymore. Um, you can get tickets to the shows that are not sold out uh, on my website, www.riabutcher.com. All the live dates are on there. There's a nice little tab right at the top. Just hit that and then you can get tickets. I'm going to be in Baltimore. That show is unfortunately sold out. And then I'm going to be in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, and Lancaster, Pennsylvania, which is sold out. And then I'm going to be in Brooklyn, New York, which is sold out. And then I'm going to be in Cincinnati, Ohio, which is not sold out. Cincinnati, Ohio, come to that show. And then I'll be in Indianapolis, Indiana. I believe that one's sold out. Fort Wayne, Indiana, not sold out. Grand Rapids, Michigan, not sold out. And then St. Louis, Missouri, and Kansas City, Missouri. And both of those are close to selling out. So get those tickets now. And I can't wait to see you on the road. Now, for some Rosenbag questions. All right, this one, this question is wonderful and couldn't be more up my alley. Um, Ingrid D. Nolan asks, what makes this a men's hat when it is adjustable and also labeled one size fits all? Um, you obviously can't see the hat, but it doesn't matter. You understand. I'm literally wearing a hat that is that sort of hat that's adjustable. That is a Ingrid D. Nolan, that is a great question. What does make a hat that is adjustable that also says it's one size fits all a men's hat? Society, I think, might be the answer. 
perhaps it's search engine optimi- uh, optimization at this point, but I feel like it's always been like that. I mean, I wonder because we didn't have internet shopping when I was a kid. I feel like there were just hats and there wasn't a need to necessarily say it was a men's hat and it was a baseball hat. And so therefore the manliness of it was implied. But now that everything is sort of blown, like the merchandising of everything has gotten to a sort of fever pitch, pun intended, uh, the division of genders and like the inclusion of, of genders, gendered clothing is somehow to make more money? This is a very long way of saying, I don't know, and that's a great question, and stop doing that. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Why is it a woman's hat? Because it has rhinestones on it. I'm sure there's men that want to wear a, a, a ranger's cap with rhinestones on it, but then they feel like they can't because that's only for women. I don't know. I feel like we should just be able to wear whatever we want because um, it doesn't matter. You should be able to wear the clothes that make you feel good. I mean, what if somebody asked me a couple weeks ago, what would be the baseball skill that you would just get if you could magically get it? If there was one thing that I could do to the world other than world peace, I would be like, can everybody just wear what they want and we can just leave each other alone? (laughs) That's what I would like. World peace first, obviously. And then the ability to wear whatever clothes you want. Anyway, Ingrid, I, I couldn't be more with you on this question. It's clearly not. I mean, it's kind of one of those instances where you go, oh, this is unisex, but it's in the men's section? Interesting. I don't know. What do we do? Keep moving on, I guess. All right, so we've got another question, which I'm also really excited about that this question came in because it's something that I've been thinking about in my own little brain. It's almost like we're on the same wavelength. So Chem Girl Hudak asks, love the show. Perfect, thank you. I love a compliment right up top. Uh, Love the show and the seamless balance of baseball, feminism, and diversity talk. Hey, I'm trying my best. Question, though. Why are you so comfortable saying, quote, Atlanta Braves, but not, quote, Cleveland baseball team? (laughs) This person does write it out. But again, I'm not saying it anymore. And I'm going to say this again. (laughs) No, I'm not. Okay. In saying that, I already proved her question to uh, this person's question to be accurate. I don't know. And isn't that interesting? I have recently begun to question myself saying Atlanta Braves, but not saying Cleveland. So I have decided that I am going to try to begin the process of referring to Atlanta as Atlanta. I have been doing that um, in conversation But I think, you know, sometimes your brain slips and you say the things. And I think you're right. Well, you didn't really tell me to do anything. (laughs) You just kind of asked me why I was so comfortable. And I guess I would say I'm not so comfortable. I think I've just been comfortable. And I think that my focus has been more so on Cleveland than another team because that's my team. And then Atlanta is also from the past. And so it's sort of in my brain in a weird way. So on this podcast, I'm just going to refer to Atlanta as Atlanta. And I think also the word that word has maybe multiple interpretations, obviously not within that context. I think that's why my brain is doing that. It's not an excuse. It's just a conversation about why I might think that. Don't think it's an excuse because um, the, the word brave could be an adjective. And so sometimes 
I might be confusing myself or lulling myself into a false sense of security that I'm talking about the adjective or the adverb. I, I don't really know grammar very well. I got a degree in art. So bear, bear with me. Um, so yeah, so moving forward, I am going to try to uh, refer to Atlanta as Atlanta. Or Atlanta baseball team. Maybe I'll just do both like that. And then maybe that'll be even easier. Because then I'll just be saying kind of a mirror image of each other. Um, and also just a heads up, this question reminded me of a thought, which is that um, this is something that I'm doing, but maybe not every guest mm, thinks about that, does that, agrees with that, wants to do that. So if there are people that come on the show and they say those team names, um, let's just be as open as we can that like it's all a conversation and... Um, if I'm bringing somebody on to talk about, you know, their love of a team and they happen to reference my team, I'm not necessarily going to call them on the carpet because they're a guest and we're all working on this together. And I think that we're all going to get there. And the purpose of this podcast is to talk openly and uh, have good conversations and stuff. So I'm just trying to lead by example. And I don't I'm kind of like George McFly. I don't really like confrontation. <laughs> so I'll be working on that. But again, um, so let's just be kind to the people that come on the show. I hope that sounds good for everybody. Um, so then after that, we've got Del Raz 09. Who do you think will win the AL East this season? Um, I was reading a, I've been reading a bunch of rundowns of who's gonna, who's gonna win everything, um, which has been real interesting. For the most part, most rundowns have been, and I, I did, um, a rundown on uh, Jen Mac Ramos was on our last episode. And then I was a guest on their podcast and we all did our, our projections of who's going to win. And they were all pretty like, it seems pretty straightforward, even though in some ways it's not. Um, but somebody for bleacher report today thought that the um, wild card is going to be the Mets. <laughs> which I was like, what? <laughs> I'm very unsure of that. So I don't know. But I think that, I do think that the Nationals are going to win the, the NL East. Oh, no, you said the AL East. Good Lord. The AL East is going to be the New York Yankees. I'm doing great. <laughs> I'm doing super great today. Um, yeah, I think it will be the Yankees by like 10 games, a minimum of 10 games. If they don't get out ahead 20 games in, in the first couple of months. I do think, I mean, I think that Cleveland is going to win the Central Division very easily because they don't have a lot of competition. And then I think that uh, the AL West is going to be the Houston Astros. Bleacher Report thinks that the Yankees are going to win the World Series over the Cubs. I do think the Cubs are going to be back in rare form. I think they'll be even better than they were in 2016. So... I'm worried about that. <laughs> so that's that's what I think. Um, then I've got another question from my pal Josh. This is it's his last question. I don't think he'll ever have a last question. Don't you stop, Josh? I like your questions. Um, do you think the Phillies will become a valid contender and win while they have Jake, or will he bail in two years for more money? I feel like we did this question already, but I don't care. I'll do it again. Because a lot of listeners have been saying, can you give more explanation around the players? Can I give more, not stats, but can I give their bios or whatever? 
their rundown of what they are. So I'll do this question again. Do I think the Phillies will become a valid contender and win while they have Jake? The Jake he is referring to is the right-handed starting pitcher and former Cy Young winner of 2015, Jake Arrieta, uh, formerly of the Chicago Cubs, the 2016 World Series champs. Chicago Cubs. Uh... I don't know that they're a valid contender. I do think they're a contender, if that makes sense. Because um, they their rotation is getting a little bit better. The top of their rotation was going to be right-handed starting pitcher Aaron Nola, who is an ace in the making. But now it's a, it's a little bit more short up with two aces. So we'll see. I'm curious to see how they gel and how... Reese Hoskins starts his season. Reese Hoskins is a right-handed first base and left fielder who came up last season and had a tremendous start. He hit like, what, 17 home runs in 20 games, I think, something like that. It was bonkers. So we got to see if he can do that again. Okay, Mal, 17 p.m. Is there an advanced metric that you think actually does a good job of explaining how good a player is and is easy to explain? I saw this question and was like, this is a great question. And then I forgot to research the stats that would apply to this. But maybe that actually works in my favor. Because if I can explain to you a stat that explains a a player's value well that I don't fully grasp, then I think it's an accurate statistic. So I think that war is actually a decent statistic that could be easily explained in that... If a player has a high war, oh, I can't even explain it. It wins ab- above replacement. So, if the player is still playing on the team and they have a high war rating, that means they will win that many more games than if they were replaced by someone else. I th- think is what that means. I could explain the infield fly rule a lot easier than I could war or advanced metrics. I don't know. I mean, I to me, I like looking at stats and I like advanced metrics, but I don't know that they really influence the game as much as I like them to. Because it's just not... I mean, ERA to me is interesting. RBI on base percentage. Very interesting. But other than that, I'm like, I don't really, I know who's good and who's not. I know who brings something to the clubhouse and who doesn't. I am the statistics leader. <laughs> but I am in a fantasy baseball league this season that is like all stats-based, which I think there's a name for that, and I don't even know what it is. Going in fresh as a daisy with a, a the tiniest amount of understanding of what I'm doing. And I had my draft on Saturday I thought I had an approach, and I definitely didn't. <laughs> and there was a chat in this fantasy draft, um, and everyone in the league is super nice. I'm very excited to try this out. I'm definitely not going to win. Um, but they were chatting with me, and they were like, hey, I love the podcast, but I have to admit, it felt like cheating listening to your fantasy stuff. And I was like, oh, yeah, great idea. That was good for me to put that out there right before I went in and drafted against other people. Um, I just, everything went out the window when my pick came up and Paul Goldschmidt was still on the board. I just, I freaked out and I'm not going to do that. I have another draft tonight, the same night 
this episode is dropping, and I have been, over the course of a couple days, trying to draft a strategy and having my top players per position, because I really didn't do that. I really wasn't looking at the position and filling the position. Everyone started drafting pitchers, and I was like, do I start drafting pitchers? I don't know. I do have Quintana, Strasburg, Mike Clevenger. Uh, I'm trying to remember who else. <sighs> I should just pull up my team and tell everybody who I have for this other team. Is that interesting? It is to me. We'll see if you like it. Oh, yeah. Okay. So this is my first run at my fantasy team. I did get Wilson Contreras, Paul Goldschmidt, Chris Taylor. I drafted him way too early. Taylor, you better you better do it. Don't make me sorry that I drafted you in like the eighth round. Travis Shaw, Didi Gregorius, Gregorius, sorry, Marwin Gonzalez, Eugenio Suarez, Giancarlo Stanton, uh, Ender Inciarte, Kyle Schwarber, Avisail Garcia, Bradley Zimmer, Matt Olson, Adrian Bel- Beltre, which I didn't realize I ha- I didn't have to have a DH. I would have gladly not drafted Adrian Beltre. Uh, Scooter Jeanette, Yonder Alonso, and then for pitching I have Jose Quintana, Steven Strasburg, uh, Craig Kimbrell, Wade Davis, which I think Wade Davis was a bad call, whatever, John Lester, Chase Anderson, Mike Clevenger, Brandon Morrow, and Lance Lynn. We'll see. I didn't go through each position for that one because I'm not spending any time talking about the actual players. I will in other cases. So anyway, back to your question about advanced metrics. I don't know. Maybe I'll take spend this season to see if that is true. That's my promise to you, Mal 17 p.m. I will figure out which advanced metric works well to describe a player's worth on the field. Ugh, that's a terrible way to say that. Uh, Coat Rack Jack, which, hey, that's a great Twitter name. Uh, asks, what are your favorite ballparks? Historic park where you wish you could see a game? Um, I think I would, I'll start with the second part first. And I mean, I would say Polo Grounds or Ebbets Field. Because I do not want to go back to Cleveland Municipal Stadium. No, thank you. Already went. Don't need to go back. Um, my favorite ballparks, I haven't been to a ton of them. So I like a lot of them. There aren't any that I've been like, I don't like this. I really just like going to the ballpark. So each one has its own unique set of experiences um, and set of quirks and uh, food that I like or don't like. Um, I really do like going to Dodger Stadium while I also know that it's uh, the land that it's on is very problematic. So that's I like to keep that in mind when I'm there so that I'm always aware of what's happening around me. Um, And the times that I went to Wrigley Field when I lived in Chicago back in the mid-2000s, um, you know, it was cool to be in a baseball park, a ballpark that that's, that is that old. But I do remember being distracted by all the people screaming about, like, their bachelorette parties. Um, so you get the new and the old when you go there. Um, I also really want to make it to Fenway because I just haven't been there. And, like, I mean, it's the oldest one. Right? Yes, that's the oldest one. So I, I'd like to get there before it's no longer the oldest one. <laughs> All right, moving on to Jay Horsefall 11. Do you ever wish that baseball was more popular in the UK? It sounds, Jay Horsefall 11, that you do. 
And I support you in those dreams. Um, also, what are your uh, opinion? What are your opinions on rounders? Sport slightly similar to baseball. Well, I know that it was a movie that I watched a lot of times that, you know, I thought Edward Norton was pretty good in. Um, but other than that, my understanding of rounders is minimal. And I've had more exposure to cricket than I had have had to rounders. So while I'm on the road and um, looking for things to do, I will pick up a rounders podcast and check that out. I like cricket. It just seems, I, I know this is not what you asked me, but this is what I can speak to. I've watched a lot of cricket while performing on the Joko Cruise, especially this past year when I was very sick. Uh, there's a lot of cricket on the the like international ESPN. And I always am like, what is going on? I like love it. There's out more equipment. There's little things sticking out of the ground. Um, the bat looks cool. I know it's not a bat. It's a stick. I don't know. I can't remember. I mean, they play it for like days. Are you telling me it's even longer than baseball? I love that about it. Um, but I just haven't. It's a little less accessible um, back here in the States. So <laughs> that's another goal. Advanced metrics, watch some rounders, understand cricket. Those are the things that Rhea Butcher is going to do this summer on top of doing a podcast weekly about baseball. <laughs> so I like to set my goals very low. Okay, now we have, I think we have a couple more questions left. Great. This thing goes the other way. Limited time. Ooh, this question. Um, Snailman Dev asks, what's the best way for someone with limited free time, full-time college, part-time job, to get back into baseball after not following it for a while? Um, I think that one way that you can get back into it is by listening to this podcast, which I think you're already doing. And another way to get back into it is download the AtBat app on your phone. And if you don't already have a favorite team, pick a team. Find some players that you like. And if you don't have the time to find players that you like, just pick a team. And then turn the notifications on for those games, like all notifications. And you'll get the notifications for what's going on with that team. And then it's bringing the information to you. And you can decide to pay attention to it or not. And then I would say, um, if you have a part-time job where you can have headphones in or something like that, or if you're working on a project that you can have headphones in or something like that, um, turn on the AtBat app and listen to the games. And if you're somebody that was like, oh, no, I've never listened to baseball, like, oh, so boring. That's how you really start to love baseball. Because a lot of people have asked me, like, oh, man, are you so into it? You, like, listen to it? Um, I actually prefer to listen to it than watch it on television. Um, because I tend to pay more attention to the game when I'm listening to it than when I'm watching it. Because having a TV and having a phone and all that stuff, it's very easy to be distracted and I can walk up and go into the other room. But if I'm listening to the game, it's kind of all around and I feel like I'm at the game because the announcers are describing the game more so than they do when they're on television. Um, they don't have to do that when they're on television. Probably one of the only announcers to really describe, continue describing the game when they were calling a game on television was Vin Scully and he doesn't, he's retired. Um, so I really do like listening to the games and that really does pull you back in. And that for me really pulled me back in. Cause I started watching baseball, got back into it in like 2014 and immediately, sorry, Dodgers fans was watching the giants because I just 
grew up listening to John Miller a lot. Um, and so hearing his voice, it made me very nostalgic. So I think just having the game on around you, even if you're not taking in every aspect or what's going on, you'll start to, you'll get a favorite player because the storylines will start to develop. You'll be paying attention. They'll be the hero. Um, and then you'll start to like them. And then that's how you can get back into it. I think just getting like a core group of two to three players that you really like and then following them and then maybe following the team or vice versa, following the team and then developing your top three players. That's the best way to get back into it. And that's all you need. You don't need the stats. You don't need fantasy baseball. You don't need to read Roto World. You don't need any of that. (laughs) You just need to be immersed in the game as much as you can. And I think that that's an easy way to do it when you have a full schedule. And if you're driving or commuting or walking in between class or something, you can listen to a game then. Um, it's not going to get spoiled. You can spoil yourself if you want to or not get spoiled. It's all you. There's a setting on the AtBat app that you can turn off like final scores. So you you won't know what the score is and you can listen to the game without knowing what's going to happen, which I think would be very helpful. And I think we have time for like one more, right? Cool. Oh yeah. That other question is good too. I mean, we could just knock out these two. All right. Got two more. I'll make them very quick. Phil Silva, 34, asks, how do you see the league change now that a few more teams are tanking on purpose like Houston did? Remember, uh, Lunau had no farm and old players when he took over, so I see few teams replicating or it being hard to replicate. Um, I mean, it's definitely changing the league in terms of how players are being uh, used and picked up. Um, I don't yet know if it's good for baseball overall. It seems to be good for teams right now. And by teams, I don't necessarily mean like their future ability to make it to the playoffs. I think it has yet to be seen. I mean, Houston definitely like tanked hard. But then what's interesting is the team that preceded them was the Chicago Cubs who, I don't know, tanked for 100 years. I mean, they didn't really tank. It's just like they could just never do it. So I don't know. Like it's... Odd to be living at a time where people have first we had, you know, Moneyball, Saber Metrics, like looking at the numbers of the players and fitting that puzzle together. And now it's almost like we're on, on the sort of more evil side of that, which is how do I make this just be so bad that my bottom line drops so easily that I can put some puzzle pieces together that the numbers that I'm paying them fit as opposed to the ability of the players. Um I don't want to believe that everything is always nefarious, but I don't necessarily like it because I feel like shouldn't teams be trying to win (laughs) for the city that has allowed them to have tax-free stadiums? I don't know. That seems like just baseline the nicest thing they could do. But hey, my heart is bleeding right now, so I'm sure you're like, nah, whatever. But that's just what it seems like to me. Like maybe give it a shot. I mean, sometimes it's beyond repair. You have a bunch of players leaving like, I don't know that the Royals are like doing exactly what Detroit is doing or what Miami is doing. Like, I don't think it's the same. There's like different tiers of it. And I, like I said, I don't, you asked up top what I thought it was doing to the league. I don't really like it. It makes the league less competitive. It's very easy to be like, well, Cleveland's going to win. And so does then that, that alters their chances to make it further than that because they have no competition. So I don't know. Overall, I don't like it. All right, last question is from Lobster MCC. If you had to change the name of one sports team, what would you change it to? 
Now, this almost seems like a trick question. Like, everybody knows what my answer is going to be. But you know what? I wish I could choose my team, but I can't. Because I think you got to get the worst one first. So I would change Washington's team to literally anything else. How about you just have a football team called the Washington Senators? How, how about that? There's nothing called Senators. You've had that team name in that city. People will respond to it. Right? And then if I had a second choice, I would change the Cleveland team to something else. I've had many ideas over the years. We could go back to Blues. We could change it to the Clevelanders. I like that one a lot. Or a recent thought I had, which was the Cleveland Independence, which could end in a TS or a CE, whichever one you want. It would be the same letters, but different and not the same thing. And then I would probably change Atlanta's team name to the Atlanta. <laughs> um, Man, I haven't thought about that one at all. I don't have one for Atlanta. I would just change it to the Atlanta. <laughs> the Atlanta Bills. How about that? And then the Florida Sunshine. And then the Illinois Turnpike. Okay, I've run out of ideas for this. <laughs> I thought about the first ones a lot, though, so I, fi- I think I did a good job. Okay, after this, this is what... Blah, blah. Okay, this has been Rosenbag. I'm going to not do Rosenbag for a couple episodes so you can take a breather from all these questions and me thinking on my feet. Um, I'll be on the road, so come out and see me, www reabutcher.com get those tickets can't wait to see you out there um i'm also really excited to do these on the road episodes it's gonna feel like the world series uh little series that i did uh god what (laughs) what is the word limited series it's gonna feel like the world series limited series that i did during the world series because i accidentally scheduled stuff during the world series and yet again i accidentally scheduled stuff during opening weekend (laughs) While my entire brand is kind of built around loving baseball. Whoops! I'm very bad at calendars. So anyway, it will be interesting to try to follow opening weekend while also driving all over the country. Um, But yeah, I'm going to put my money where my mouth is and my suggestion of downloading the AtBat app. I'm going to listen to a bunch of games in the car and then I'll report back and let you know my thoughts while driving a Toyota RAV4 or similar. We'll be right back with my pal, Alice Wetterland. I'm sure you're sitting there at your desk wondering, what kind of underwear should I buy? I mean, this is a question that I think to myself all the time. I mean, I spend a lot of time thinking about underwear. I mean, look, the thing is, like, when you're a kid, you don't really buy your own underwear. You're kind of just given underwear, and then you wear that underwear. And then after a while, you're like, I don't know if I like this underwear. Why am I wearing this underwear? Well, guess what? There's a new company that's going to fix that problem for you. It's called Tomboy X. I love this company. I wear them exclusively. I personally like the Micro Modal series. It's very comfortable. But their cotton underwear is also really great. I love all of it. I love the boxer briefs. I love the 
uh, trunks and the boy shorts, they're all tremendous, but they also have briefs, bikinis, soft bras, razorback bras, sometimes even swimwear. Uh, and they're in everyday basic colors, fun seasonal prints, and brilliant colors as well. And all of their options come in extra small to 4X. So regardless of where you fall on the size or gender spectrum, Tomboy X offers amazing underwear that anybody feels comfortable in. Anybody! Get it? So go to TomboyX.com baseball and check out their special bundles and pack pricing. And Three Swings listeners get an extra 15% off with code BASEBALL. Again, use code BASEBALL for an extra 15% off. Ditch whatever you're wearing for a pair of Tomboy X underwear. Go to TomboyX.com slash baseball. I know you're tired and you ain't sleeping well. All right, we're back, and I'm really excited about this next guest, who I would describe as an animal lover, a comedian, and an athlete. Welcome to Three Swings, Alice Wetterland. Hello. Hi. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. It's been taking a, you know, I, it's been a matter of time it's before been, I was yeah. going to get tick fucking talk. Is what I said. <laughs> Precisely. Yeah. The thing that I'm not telling you right now, I already told it to you at the up top, but my brain doesn't work very well these days. Mm. I'm not drinking enough green juice. Alice brought one with her. It's already already in the ground. <laughs> it's already on the ground. Um, is that Alice Wetterland is not just an animal lover, comedian, and athlete. She is also my teammate mm. on the baseball team that I've been playing on for Same five team. years. Did you realize it's been five years? Yes. I thought it was four. Five. It's been five. It's been five. <laughs> it's so, it's been so long. I'm a hundred. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm definitely a hundred. A lot. I definitely <laughs> have exposed myself to way more skin cancer than I would have had I not <laughs> so been playing many injuries. baseball. Oh my god! Do you remember how bad I hurt my knees? Like so the first season. Bad. I've had photos come up on Time Hop where I'm like, "Wow, I really yeah. injured myself." Yeah, hard. It's hard. weird because people we know play like pickup football and stuff like that, and like you know rugby or, sure. or field hockey. Yeah. And they're fine. Absolutely. And we're yeah. just dying. We're like just we're limping off the field. Sometimes I get hurt by running. Just yeah, oh, running. Yeah. And I'm, it's all I'm it's tracking so my moles. I'm just <laughs> terrified. <laughs> you, as we know, never been a hypochondriac of any kind. No, so not at we all. know you're just like totally normal. I'm just normal. Being totally normal. Yeah, never on WebMD at four o'clock. Never in the morning. on WebMD, only watching cult documentaries <laughs> at four in the morning on Netflix. <laughs> Everybody watch this thing so somebody will talk mm. to me about it. Yeah, anyway. I haven't seen it. So, Alice, you are a catcher on mm -hmm. my team. You yes. were playing a little second base for a while. That's you still correct. Play second base. I we did. switch around. We switch around. So everybody can get in. Yeah. Um, so you... But I started catching the day that our regular catcher, Cliff, uh -huh. who we should mention. Shout out to Cliff. Cliff Collins. Designer of our Giants-themed... <laughs> uniforms i designed them i know but he would make didn't he make you make them giants i actually colors? did i chose oh. that because i liked the color of the the jersey i've been my ire has been i misplaced. like giants colors oh. i like the colors and i'm saying Alice. i like the giants okay i like the giants. i mean i guess that's all right you a big halloween fan i am <laughs> i love halloween i just love halloween every I love, day i love uh candy corns <laughs> It's you know? very interesting. I love like, this table. I like Halloween because I like dressing up and I like cosplay and all that mm -hmm. stuff. That aspect of it, absolutely. The colors of the holiday, not so much. No. I, In fact, I dislike them a They're lot. so specific. I mean, I really dislike the colors of Christmas as well. <gasps> oh, I love red and green. <laughs> oh my God, it looks so bad together. I love them. They're opposites. They, I know. They need to be together. That's, ugh, no. Then it should be orange and purple. Yeah, or blue. Orange and purple, you're right. You're yeah. correct. 
Or no, it's yellow Is and purple. Is it yellow and purple? It's, so orange, it's orange and blue. You're right. Yeah. The I Washburn went to school, my first, so I don't know that. My first softball team I ever played for, the Washburn Millers, their mm-hmm. colors are orange and blue. There you go. And that's why I know about that. So that was going to be my next question. What was your first experience with baseball? So I uh, I don't know how I got started. Like I uh-huh. wasn't on a Little League team um, because when we were growing up, uh, as we've established, Rhea and I are both... <laughs> Very old people. Um, <laughs> when we were growing up in the 1920s, there weren't a lot of like Electricity female. Electricity and yeah. stuff like that. So. <laughs> there weren't a lot of wheels. <laughs> uh, mostly tablets. <laughs> and there was no Little League for girls. So I got into softball somehow. And I think it was pretty quick that I picked up on. Like my dad taught me how to catch and throw. And for for whatever reason, I took to catching and throwing really quickly and I really liked throwing and I was good at it. So I got picked up by a high school softball team instead of going into any kind of little league softball. I played directly. I went from nothing to playing high school softball at when high school I was, age or younger. No, when I was in seventh grade. Oh, wow. And uh, we were in the B squad of this team, the Washburn. There was like we Ramsey. Uh, middle school was across a football field from the high school, had like a sister high school. So we would, at the end of the day, walk across the football field to go to me and this other girl, Elizabeth Sutton. Uh, shout out. I'm sure she's a listener. <laughs> Absolutely. And uh, yeah. And so we played for two years for them. And then that got me all revved up to play in high school when I actually got there. And I played, but I didn't move up. Like the craziest thing was I was really good when I first started. Yeah. Like I was like, I'm like, wow, she's like a baseball prodigy uh-huh. or a softball prodigy. And then like I, went to high school and like never got better like I just stayed exactly the same like pretty good you know and it's kind of like I'm still at that point like I did get better when I started playing baseball yeah. when I started up again because mm-hmm. my hand is small sure um and I just like baseball better and softball right. shouldn't exist and so that <laughs> shots helped. fired that helped but uh yeah it was really I like plateaued yeah totally I mean it's hard to not plateau yeah, I think it's a it's a there was a real co- uphill battle. The coaches also on I think it was something to do with the coaches that I was so afraid of them because the coaches and the Washburn Millers were this um, like very butch lesbian couple. Uh-huh. They were a couple coaching sure. together. Yeah. And they were one of them. It was a very good cop, bad cop. And one of them was blonde. Mm. And she was like very like Minnesota, you know, whatever, normal Minnesota woman. You know, so she's very like soft spoken. And the other one was just so cruel oh, <laughs> like sure. screaming all the time like right. the meanest like a really intense like wow okay yeah. whoa did she just say that to us? You know, <laughs> i like, mean mean coaches are terrified. like the worst man they are because i had a, i had a mean coach freshman year of basketball yeah and i definitely already had a chip on my shoulder because i thought i should at least be on jv because i was very good at basketball <laughs> tip <laughs> oh, yeah, tip. i got a huge chip on my shoulder oh yeah but um he really did not like me and like I literally quit basketball because of that coach. Mm-hmm. He just was like awful. Yeah, and it's important. I mean, like I think you know people think you need to be this like brash, difficult. Yeah. It's like I don't think that always works. Yeah. Well, it the really weird thing is, work. for some reason, for me, this dynamic worked because it was almost like because these you had these both. two people were were like intimately involved with each other. It's like they operated as one unit somehow, where sure. it's like one's very nice and one's very mean, and you can always have both of them there. They're not separate, uh-huh. so they're just always coaching together <laughs> as a team. Yeah, and it's so. And for some reason, I w- I felt so afraid and yet taken care of at the same time, mm. 
was so crazy. How American. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's a very American, so American. feeling. <laughs> yeah, it was like fucking apple pie every day. And then I got to uh, high school and we had a really good coach the first year. And then the second year I had this other coach that was just kind of like didn't care about us at all. Yeah. And uh, so what position were you playing? I was playing outfield. Then? I was playing like pretty much right field all the time, like uh-huh. immediately after after my first stint. Like I was trying to be a catcher my first two years in softball. Mm-hmm. And then in high school, I kept trying to I, I wasn't able to catch anymore because everybody just got better than me. Right. And I was just stuck out in the outfield. Yeah. And then you lose interest. You oh, lose interest in right unless you're like for some reason really into playing oh, yeah. right field. Or there's a lot of left handed hitters on the yes. opposing team. Yeah. And there were not. <laughs> and there's never that. There never were. <laughs> Well, that's cool. Did you were you a fan of like baseball when growing up? Kind of. We have, have a, a team. There is a really um, pretty fun, active minor league situation in Minnesota. We have the St. Paul Saints, mm-hmm. and so I didn't go to as many Twins games, but um, the Saints were great, and we would go to tons of like night games and the DFL. Like I was. I was raised in a very democratic family and like they were involved in politics and my aunt worked in campaigns and we all tell the cam- me what the DFL is. Cause I know what it is, but I want people to know what it is. Um, it's the uh, democratic farm and labor party in, yep. in Minnesota. That's sort of the caucus of like lobbying and this, it's like the center of democratic uh, statesmanship in Minnesota. And uh, you know, it's Paul Wellstone country. My aunt worked for, she was Wellstone's personal assistant. And so like we, I was like that was my community in a way like that was part of my family we'd always go to these big giant groups people would go to see the St. Paul Saints game so it was like a big part of my my childhood growing up and I didn't always understand all the rules of baseball but uh I loved I loved it I and then I got back into baseball when I was in and then I kind of dropped out and I got back into baseball after high school when I went to college and watched the Ken Burns documentary oh yes and kind of got did it have the extra innings when you watched it yeah, I think it did. Yeah. I, I I didn't like know a ton about baseball history before that. Right. And then I kind of. Because your experience yeah. was just going to these games that were fun. Yeah. And then you liked And then watching I was playing. It. Yeah. yeah. And then, and then I you were playing I was it. At it. Yeah. But um, I always felt like the rules were kind of archaic and complicated. <laughs> sure. Like when I was playing. And oh, I was yeah. Like, That's kind of what turned me off. At, like originally. which one? Like. Um, which ones? You know. I uh, love talking about rules. Infield, outfield, like ground rule, double stuff like that. Sure. And. Um, Things like, you know, tagging up when it's uh, like to me, it's all a it's all a baseball rules are all a uh, formula that makes sense when you get to the what the the, the number is at the end. Like it makes sure. sense if you work backwards from. <laughs> right. Of course, you have to tag up because otherwise, how would you know? Like it makes sense if you go backwards. But when you're just looking at one thing, like, mm-hmm. wait, so sometimes I run back to the base and sometimes I don't run back to oh, the base. Oh, so you don't mean, if you're, de- if you it, don't actually mean the rule that when there is a ball in the air, you have to tag up before you advance. You don't mean that rule. You mean perhaps when you do it and when you don't do it. Yes, exactly. Yeah, That's not my so whole much thing. the rule, but like yes. the, the playing of it and like yeah. the advantage of doing it and when not to do it. Yeah. Yeah. It, it. It's like, it, it made no sense to me at first. Right. And then when I looked and then it helped me a lot to look at the baseball documentary. Cause like it helped me to get, Oh, like it, it, this is how this sport grew mm-hmm. and what it grew out of and like how the rules formed. And it's just like, it, it really contextualizes it and grounds it. So it makes it more, um, uh, I guess it's like richer and there's like a story behind it, it gives yeah. it a narrative. So mm-hmm. that made it easier for me to understand. But um, but that didn't happen until I had stopped playing. Which is really interesting. I feel like from a position, 
because <laughs> like a big thing that uh you know i talk a lot about like fandom and like you know like women non-binary people people on that side yeah. of the eye whatever you want to yeah call that quotient of fans non-bros like, non non-bros yeah um, we're always having to prove our fandom of the thing yeah. based on what they believe to be the yeah. basis of fandom of the thing. Right. And like, it's very interesting to me that like you were plucked into this sport because you exhibited uh, abilities yeah. in a basic part of it. Yeah. And then you took to it because yeah. like you liked it. Yeah. And then came to the other stuff later. Yeah. Cause I was interested in the team dynamic. Like right. my, my first few years playing softball, I was like, I was on a team with these really cool girls who were all super positive and super like fun to be around and were funny and interesting. And it's Minneapolis. So like there's a lot of like queer identified people. And so it was like very open and like nobody was like Christian, you know what I mean? Sure, like yeah. Christians weren't really tolerated, um, <laughs> you know, but they were. But it was like it wasn't like one of those team sports things where you have to pray in and pray out. It was like well, yeah. everybody welcome. Everybody's cool. And it was a lot of like just girl positivity. Wow, pray in, pray out. Oh, my God. You know, and so maybe it would have been on the suburbs, but this is Minneapolis. Sure. And so it felt like. I just I love, forgot about that whole thing. Yeah. Like you just had, I yeah. just had a, you're like, ah! a PTSD from that. Cause we had like Catholic youth organization yes. where I'm from. It's like less Christian, more Catholic, Ooh. which was even more like more intense. Yeah. Amen! You know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. sorry to me to do that. So it's okay. <laughs> I'm here. I'm still here. Uh, Alice just left. I left and I came back. And I'm, now I'm a little bit different. On the third day. Uh, so yeah, so I just liked being around these girls and like I liked being good at uh at something athletic and that was the first thing that I demonstrated being good at besides like singing and dancing, you know, like was was throw I was I'm I'm not great at um I'll say this I was never great at f- positioning and fielding and I still am not um but I'm like very good at like throwing and i can hit sometimes pretty well so yeah, dude you like you were catching so we had practice this past sunday and you were catching uh like as soon as you got there for a couple of hours yeah and i was covering second and you threw down and that that was a perfect throw i did i, I, I made you, the throw that was so one out of every throw. 17 I who can cares do. those are good numbers <laughs> it's, it's good numbers. none of us are in when you don't have the upper body leagues. strength of these yeah. guys it's it's hard but i i it is hard I, it's hard and it's not a lot of and a, a lot of people when they first start playing this isn't really a woman thing but a lot of people when they start playing in adulthood or whatever um don't know how to do the throwing mechanism so yeah for me for whatever reason maybe my dad taught me i don't know but like i put it together really quickly in the beginning and sure. i'm throwing has always been i've always been able to control it pretty well um and so i like that but yeah the whole like romanticization of the baseball world never <laughs> yeah. happened right until later on and I, I got i came to it on my own yeah kind of from the back door yeah <laughs> as it were we'll just leave that one there yeah there it I, is still there <laughs> sitting there see i wish i could trade you because i feel like my throwing is like the uh the i brett and i have talked about this a lot i get the yips very easily because mm. throwing is so mental yeah because the thing for me it like is fielding is not mental to me at all like fielding i can is, do it like yeah. it's, that's why i played third when we first started playing <sighs> I, understand. I was just like fine with it I understand my I fielding. Like, I am ready for this. I know. But my, then you got my the brain most is hurt. prepared. <laughs> I know. I got the most hurt and then I didn't get to play a ton. And so yeah. now my throw isn't good. See, you know, but then Sunday, I understand that. Why I was on second and turning a double play, but it is then diff- different when somebody's running at you. It and- is different. And you're it's a, it's a lot about context. But I think 
that's the I know why it's mental. Oh, yeah. Because I've had parts with my throwing where sometimes it goes through and I'm like, why is that happening? And then I get even more in my head. And oh, it's yeah. Even more for like a year and a half. I was throwing six feet to the left. Sure. Just yeah. I couldn't stop. And right. I didn't know why. Uh, but but it is. But for me, catching and, and fielding is compl- is very mental. And interesting. That's why I like. That's why I like playing catcher because it's allowed to be mental uh-huh. and there's oh, framing yeah. and there's like st- strategy. And, and you a, know it's coming. Yeah. You, you always you know always, when it's coming. definitely is coming. <laughs> you definitely a, they, are going to have to catch the, the ball. The pitcher does something to subtly project <laughs> yeah. that he is going to send the ball your it way. It happens kind of a lot <laughs> when you're the catcher. Yeah. <laughs> and in our league, you don't actually even have to catch it. Yeah, so you don't at fine. all. We have a, we're playing on a new field and the backstop is a good, I don't know, 15 feet mm-hmm. from the catcher, which is a real, cause it used to be only like, I don't know, yeah. like six or eight. Yeah. Feet. It was, nor- it was a very small backstop. It was a very small backstop. So you'd basically just like, yeah, like, it would just, just your bounce blood, right blood back out. in. It's a whole different ball game now. And here it's like bowling. It's like you're at the end it's of the, gonna be yeah, real, it's a lot. Uh, it's going to be real interesting. Yeah. But I did find my mitt. So that's good. That That is good. Yeah. I did not have it last time. And it was like wearing a. A loose pelt in my hand. <laughs> sure, just an old purse. <laughs> it, was, it was like, yeah, it was like somebody's. Maybe old, if I turn it out, I just inside like out, I had it'll a couple be of wallets duct taped together, <laughs> right. just like sort of on my hand. That sounds so, pretty good to me. Yeah. <laughs> what are you looking hey. forward to this season of baseball? And I, that's a I, two-part question because I mean, in our league, and then also baseball in general. Okay, um, let's do in our league first. I'm. Looking forward to being the only person left on our team that can catch, um, because I ca- I came into catching after our after Cliff left, and he he didn't he hadn't left at this point. He was just at a rave um, for like five weeks for some reason. Yeah, and our he coach loves to rave. And our coach was like, "Do you want to catch?" And I was like, "By the way, that's our flawless." Coach impression. Uh, I Alice, you want to catch? I disagree, and I take <laughs> is, the fifth. It is <laughs> flawless, and. <laughs> And I was like, I haven't caught in 18 years, so no. And there was nobody else, so I did it. And then I was like, oh, my God, I love this so much. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and so I haven't really... And so I'm excited that I get to do that. Um, I'm excited for the games to be really uh, more evenly matched. It seems like there's going to be a little more competitiveness, to, which means that innings won't be so long. You oh, know? yeah. Yeah. And I'm really excited. Yeah, I'm excited. It seems like it's going to be really fun this season. I A lot of new blood. I think so, too, because I've been going, and you've been going, too. Yeah. We've been, like, scrimmaging since, I don't know when, yeah. like, November or something, yeah. basically. Yeah. And I think that that, just in and of itself, like, yeah. people r- fr- from the league regularly playing with each other, mm-hmm. continually mixed together, yeah. has been really helpful to, like, make it feel a lot less... Yeah. Um, you know, like fatally competitive. Like I'm competitive. We're all competitive. And I am going, one of my rules for this season is that none of the women on our team are allowed to say, sorry, I get competitive because like it's a oh, competition sport and I never apologize for being competitive. I've and I only, never talk about it because can I say we're all competitive. Can I say, uh, instead of sorry, I'm competitive. Can I say, sorry, I'm bad at baseball. <laughs> yes. Can I say that? That sometimes you can I'm say. Gonna have to say. It's that. never going to be true, but <laughs> you can say that if you need to. <laughs> I did already apologize once this season to to someone on our team for being a, I just sent a text being like, hey, sorry, I was a huge bitch. <laughs> um, but I wasn't. Uh, but I'm also. <laughs> no more apologies, Ellis. No more apologies. I mean, what am I, Canadian? You yeah. know what I mean? What is, what is this? I I don't know. I but mean, I, 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 I do give people hell. So it's like. Well, I, sure. I am kind of sometimes it's 
Valid. Sometimes yeah, it's sometimes not. Sometimes it's valid. I'm a lot of a person. It's <laughs> yeah, not, we're um, human beings. It's not a woman thing. I'm it's, a, no, it's we're human I'm beings is the thing. I, uh, but I, I literally looking, have a megaphone. Right. So. I'm looking forward to that <laughs> that sort of uh, crescendo of anger and frustration not happening. I just think... Me too, man. I just think naturally that it won't happen because of what I was talking about with like scrimmaging together yeah. and playing on a team together because yeah. people that have... That I've had like... Uh, what is the word? Uh, like clashes with or whatever or that we've just not gotten along because mm-hmm. maybe because we're just on other teams or and then I've assumed that it's because of a woman or whatever. Um, I feel like that has like just had to go away because mm-hmm. I've said good rip to that person because they're on my team or yeah. said like great play and they've said great stretch, great yeah. whatever. Like when you get to play with actually play with each other and not always against each other, yeah. it really changes the dynamics. Yeah. And it, I know a lot more people's names. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Which is very helpful. It's weird now to show up and be like, I don't know that one guy's name. Yeah, I don't you know? know that one person's There's name. There's like one one or two people. So I mean, it's going to be great. I'm I'm not excited about playing uh, against my boyfriend. I'm not sure how that's going to be. Because, I'm curious. Yeah. Could you imagine? I mean, it... You know, having we, a boyfriend? No, we both. <laughs> I want you to picture it and just. I can get, actually picture it. Uh, <laughs> not I your boyfriend. I won't somebody leave else. that there. Um, not your I'm boyfriend. Pick that up later. Somebody else. Hey, I'm not gonna say who it is. Everybody, I don't want to blow up my spot. Um, but, but uh, sh- so he is. She is. Um, uh, on a different team, and I'm really. We're both really competitive, and we're both like totally nor- normal, nice people who, in the context of playing yeah. a team sport, care a lot about doing well. And yeah. he is in a coaching position on his team, so. And I, I've seen a couple times in these scrimmages where he's been <laughs> a little like I've just seen a look on his face where I'm like oh, I don't know. And uh-huh. actually, he was pitching to me. <laughs> yeah, this is a couple games ago. He was pitching to me, and uh, he was like, he came up to me during um, like when we were changing over, and he goes, "Yeah, I kind of, I get mad at catchers. Sorry, it's just something I do." And I was like, "Oh yeah, that's weird. I like, I get really mad at boyfriends." <laughs> So we're gonna have to figure that out, you yeah. know, because like, I was you're like, gonna have to negotiate. And I was like, that. Well, th- I, no, actually, what I did say, I was like, that's something you're gonna have to work on because I was like, it's not <laughs> right. gonna work for you and I. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, I my my relationship is going very well, so I'm worried that <laughs> <laughs> I'm worried that that you know. But honestly, I'm gonna leave it out on the field. So. Yeah, I mean, if you can make it through this, you can make it through anything. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> I, you're good at framing, so I don't understand what he could get mad about. Yeah, he he definitely never did get mad at me after that. So. Sure. Yeah. Well, leave it on the field. Yeah. Yeah. So in terms of like major league, minor league baseball, what are you looking forward to this season? Um, The Dodgers. Yeah. I'm a Dodgers fan. Mm-hmm. I have been since I moved here sure. and more and more so. I have this friend, Jacob, who I go to Dodgers games with and he's just he's from uh, Austin, actually. And so um, he, we're, we're both like coming to Dodgers fandom from the outside mm-hmm. and just because we love the team and um, have gotten to know them. And I, I don't know, like I'm just looking forward to see, like hopefully getting some good box seats at some point. <laughs> yeah, know. of course. I want to go to a game with Paul. Oh, you yeah. Guys. He goes to so many games. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. I've only bought tickets to one game so far. Okay. All right. Um, we're getting into it. I, I am getting into Dang. it. Our friend Jim buys like the package tickets. Yeah, I that's I feel like true. we should just do that. Oh, that's a good idea. Because you can get a bunch of tickets and you kind of move around in the section. See, what scares me about that is organizing. Like getting everybody together. Yeah, good point. I, I hate hurting cats. Uh, sure. Absolutely. So, I agree with you there. And I do want to bring cats to the Well, games. we should go to a so, game. The yes. only tickets I have are to Chris Taylor Bobble Night. Okay. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm very transparent. Yeah. Who's your favorite player on the Dodgers? <sighs> well, okay. I have a lot of favorites, but I would say... It's a King Solomon's okay, choice. It is, but I've got to say Jock. Okay, yes, huge, I knew that about you. I'm a huge jock stand. You're a big jock strap. I, I get love, it. I understand. I love. Let's talk more jock. I just love him so <laughs> much. I think he has a really funny, weird condition where he can't make a he can't take a non awkward looking photo. Oh yeah, like he can be if you take a photo of him when he's not looking at the camera and he's candid, he looks like a normal person. Sure, but then if he if, if he's he turns, he just take does this like oh yeah weird smile that it's, is like yeah. no jock just, just relax and he no, can't do what you were just doing <laughs> i love it so much he also has zero control yeah. over his dogs his dogs do whatever <laughs> they want <laughs> they do whatever they want and i think he seems like a sweet guy he, do- he does have like all seem the yeah. energy of a puppy yes you know? he does have the energy of a puppy when he had his first season uh i i heard a rumor that the other team the team members pick the the walkout songs for the rookies oh yeah so it was like uh Backstreet Boys for him, right, and I right. loved that so much. I thought he had picked it, and I was like, yeah. "Oh my god, we're, I love we, this man. Yeah, this is he. We he and I aren't meant to be together." Yeah, um, yeah, I love Yaziel. I love. I mean, there's a lot of players. There's a lot like of players. I love a. I love a Seeger. Sure. I love a Corey. Any Corey, really? Yeah, Corey's brother. Corey's brother <laughs> doesn't play for the Dodgers. But no, it's still just a fun reference. Anna, uh, who plays on our league, and I have we've got dibs. I'm I'm taking Corey. She's taking the brother. Okay, cool. So got it. That's a nice split, I yeah. feel like. Yeah. Oh, cool. This would be a great double date. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have anything coming up that you want to talk about? <sighs> um, my podcast yeah. happens on Forever Dog Network. And uh, we I was saying that we do a similar thing. Like for us, our podcast, you've been on it before, mm-hmm. is about... Treks in the city. Treks and the city. That's the official jingle. So hope you got that. <laughs> Brett, what if you didn't record just that part? Um, there's something about fandom of baseball and of sci-fi stuff and, you know, quote unquote nerd culture that excludes, you know, bros because you they have bros have decided the way that to be a fan of a thing, mm-hmm. you know, and then if you come at it from a different perspective, you're like, well, do you know that the Enterprise yes, and you're like, no, I don't. I like, like I don't care. You know, <laughs> I just like ha- ha- want to, you know, fuck data or whatever. Um, and I want to explore that or something. It's not, like not that's the not Android. A, you like the concept of information. Yeah. I want to have sex with what's with. on a spreadsheet. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, yeah, just I like know the, exactly what you mean. Because it's like some numbers go in, some numbers come out. I want to be a part of that. Yeah, I just wanted to like flow over me, sort of like an American beauty scene where it's like all, but it's rose petals, but it's numbers. Yeah, yeah. you get it. I get it. I um, and uh, and so that's what we're doing on that show. We're having people come to Star Trek, uh, either they're new fans or not fans or fans for a long time and just talk about what they like about it. And then we also talk about our lives. I love it. Yeah. I love it. I love being on that show. I've been on a couple times. Happy to come back. I oh, mean, yes. just have me back whenever you want. Huge just whenever friend of the show. Whenever is comfortable, a, whenever makes sense. I've uh, You are a reoccurring guest. Oh! Oh, yeah, that was going to be a segment, we and were gonna, we just couldn't do it. We don't have segments on our show. <laughs> yeah, no the segments. segments last twice. Okay. That's, what it, that's how it goes. <laughs> the segments always last twice. Well, Alice, thanks for being on the show. Please come back after the season started, I, and let's go to a goddamn game. Hell yes. Yeah. Yes. All right. Check in All right. soon. And let's win some games. Oh, my God. All the games. I won't accept any, but all. (laughs) I think we'll win a couple. I think we'll win all of them. I used to think that this was my town. What a stupid thing. And this has been another episode of Free Swings. I feel like it was tremendous, you know? And so if you also feel that way, maybe, like, rate and review, subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher. 
or Spotify or wherever else you kids get this thing you're listening to. <laughs> um, and don't forget to follow me on my social media at Rhea Butcher, R-H-E-A-B-U-T-C-H-E-R on Twitter and Instagram. I'm also on Facebook. You know, type it into the thing. Also, I don't know how long Facebook is for this world, so maybe just follow me on Twitter and Instagram. And then follow the show at Three Swings Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Um, and yeah, rate and review. And even though I'm going to be on tour, I'm still going to be doing a weekly episode. So don't don't go away. I am kind of going away, but you don't go away. It's still going to be right here. I'll be doing weekly episodes, and there's going to be actual baseball to talk about, which is going to be exciting. So please stick around. And if you liked it, you liked it. Forever Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Forever Dog Team and liking our page on Facebook.